Let us pray. Holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Sovereign, shepherd, teacher, healer. There are so many job descriptions that we assign to Jesus, but farmer or sower of seeds is rarely at the top of the list. And yet, as Jesus tells this story, the parable of the sower, he is planting seeds, seeds of inspiration for creation-centered revolution, seeds of hope for a future abundant harvest, seeds of transformation to bring about God's kingdom on earth. This parable seems simple at first. It's a lesson that begs the question, what kind of soil are you? How can you go about becoming a more well-weeded, well-fertilized, well-tilled field for the sowing of God's love? But in truth, this parable contains multitudes. It is a parable about parables. It is a lesson about learning. It is a seed planted by the sower of the gospel. And if we prepare ourselves for it, if we cultivate it, if we can have ears to hear and hearts to understand, the lessons of this seed, of this sower, will yield an outlandish harvest of grace, hope, and transformation. Now let's be clear. The crowd who first heard this parable probably thought Jesus was joking. Jesus suggested to this peasant crowd something that would be absolutely ludicrous. I mean, he proposed to them, these impoverished rural farmers and fishers and craftspeople, that they squander seed to take preciously gleaned, cleaned, stored seed and sow it so recklessly that it falls on the path, amidst the thorns, in the rocky wastes. It's prodigal at best, and very foolish farming strategy. It makes no economic sense. Who would sow seeds this way? Of course, Jesus isn't joking. In his Jesus way, he's simply turning the tables completely on agriculture as a transactional system. The crowds who were there with Jesus were experiencing the earliest days of big agribusiness. Cash crops were being consolidated into the hands of fewer wealthier landowners. They likely heard Jesus's words with ears similar to our own and began asking themselves the questions that often come up for us in hearing this story. What kind of soil are you? Are you bringing in the harvest, the best harvest of all that God has invested in you? It's the transactional model that we default to. God puts seeds in our bank and we either invest them profitably or we don't. We're either fertile soil or we're not. We're either worth God's word or we aren't. Sound familiar? Well, sadly, it probably does because this is the version of Christianity that many of us were taught. Are we good enough? Have we earned it? 
Rather than telling the story of a God who loves beyond belief, who scatters the word gracefully and wastefully, we've been taught a story about a God who in a tight school marmish manner tests our ability to learn, our ability to listen, our ability to change. But God is a prodigal sower. And that's really the message, isn't it? There is plenty of grace for you. Take that in, my friends, please take it in. There is plenty of grace for you. God sows the seeds wantonly without judgment and waits to see whether they will sprout. And by sowing with such joyful abandon, they make sure that growth will occur even among those of us who are hard of hearing. Now, the gift of a parable is, once you think you've got the message, you can flip it over, turn it around, and find something entirely new planted in the text. We too are sowers, sowers of the word of God's kingdom of justice and peace, of hope and love. As we seek to live out our faith, we plant seeds along the way. When we care for our loved ones and support our friends, we plant seeds of kindness. When we raise and teach and bless our children, we plant seeds of possibility. When we stand up, stand with, and advocate for what is right, we plant seeds of transformation. But at times, we may look at the seeds we've sown and wonder, Will these ever grow? Are the conditions just too tough to overcome? Should I even waste my time? It's clear that we are in the throes of multiple converging global crises. Health crisis, climate crisis, hate crisis, migration crisis, criminal justice crisis. Daunting daunting to even get up in the morning, let alone hope to make some change in addressing these crises. But a prodigal sower goes out to sow and sows generously in hope. As we strive as individuals and together as a church to address the global climate crisis, we are planting seeds. Whenever we make choices as individuals or collectively to be better stewards of our resources, we are sowing seeds. We sow seeds through education and discussion, through statewide advocacy efforts and national get out the vote campaigns. And we sow these seeds prodigally. We are looking to cover a lot of ground. And we know too that the seeds that fall on the hard path, they may not become wheat, maybe they'll become lunch for a mouse. And we know that the seeds that fall amidst the weeds of red tape and bureaucracy and environmental racism, those seeds may be incorporated into the soil and nurture a new harvest of abundance. We sow these seeds, even when we don't think our crop will be productive, because as Desmond Tutu put it so perfectly, God without you will not, as you without God cannot. Our hope is rooted in God's promise that just when the pattern of defeat seems confirmed, a harvest will burst forth in abundance. 
Our work to become more anti-racist as individuals and as a church follows a similar pattern. In every corner of our community, seeds are being planted, seeds for learning, seeds for reflection, seeds that inspire action, seeds that push shoots through cracks of centuries-old pavement of racism and colonialism and Christian exceptionalism. We are learning about the challenges of the hard soil, the scorching sun, the sharp thorns, but we are also learning more fully the good news of the extravagant sower that when we sow seeds of God's kingdom in hope, a bountiful harvest will grow. I'll close with words from the poem, This is What We Are About, by Bishop Ken Butner. We plant seeds that one day will grow. We water seeds already planted, knowing that they hold future promise. We lay foundations that need further development. We provide yeast that produces effects beyond our capabilities. We cannot do everything, and there is a sense of liberation in realizing that. This enables us to do something, and to do it very well. It may be incomplete, but it is a beginning, a step along the way an opportunity for God's grace to enter and do the rest. Amen.